Hello and welcome to The Leaderverse with your hosts, Drew Lee, Lucas Sheradin, and me, Jesse Button. So Coach Drew Lee poses a great question this morning. He asks, is retention of the employees of your company, is that a good measurement of you as a leader? I want you to pay attention right off the bat to this recruiting and what we later learn, perhaps retention formula that Lucas gives us right at the beginning here. All of that and more today on The Leaderverse. Good. And I, I think that in real estate that they, they first, they don't want to lead generate because they're afraid of rejection. Then they want to work with buyers because if a buyer rejects something, they reject a house. If you go on a listing appointment, then they're rejecting you. So they're insulating themselves from rejection. Then they don't want to recruit because that's more rejection. And then say, I want to come run an office because you think it's just kick your heels back and just, you know, make sure the merry-go keeps going around. And you realize that without growth, real estate offices don't work. And once again, you have to, you have to confront your own identity that when somebody says no to you, that's not personal. And I think when we make up the story and we have a belief system that your yes or no on a sales call is personal. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I think I had a so I I diagnosed myself uh, when I struggled with this with call reluctance. I called it call reluctance, and there's been books written on it. And it was in yes, it's all based in this deep, this very deep seated fear of rejection. That's all we all want to be loved and accepted. There's nothing wrong with that. And I so badly thought this is my personality style too. I so badly thought that there was a better way than just picking up the phone and calling. I wanted their so I wanted to prove every other method wrong before I tried call good old fashioned calling. And so and and for me, and this was four years ago probably, um yeah, just about I the only thing was making calls. The only yeah. solution was making calls. Well, and all, all good recruiting goes down to a formula. It's R plus V equals G. So re- recruiting is relationship plus value equals growth. And the only way I can build a relationship is with people I know who generally are already in my organization, or I have to pick up the phone and say, hi, my name is Lucas and start a relationship. If my current relationships aren't giving me the recruiting results that I want, because all leadership is, is recruiting great teams around you. If I don't have enough great relationships right now, that just means I need to go start some. Or if my relationships have like, they want to pursue something else. I need to be okay with that as a leader, but R plus V equals G. So like uh, my daughter joined my team, my relationship value to her, if, if, if growth is a 10, R plus V has to equal 10. My relationship with her was like a 9.5. So I had to have no value whatsoever for my daughter to join my team because I had a high relationship with her and she wanted to be in real estate versus if I call somebody today that I don't know for them to join the team, I have to start building relational equity, but I have to demonstrate a lot of value for them to even get their attention. Right. And so my value has to be like a nine because my relationship strength is a one. And I have to, I just have to know that my relational bridge is strong enough to carry the weight of whatever I'm pitching. I love that. Thank you. Hi, Drew. Hello. Um, you can edit this part out. Would you do the leadership call on that exact topic, the R plus V equals 10 um, on Friday? Are you available? Oh, I'm, my father-in-law had heart surgery. We're supposed to go down to the lake to Friday. I wish, but I will the next time. Give, give okay. me a, give me a advance notice. This Friday doesn't work, but I would love to do that. And actually, Drew, I tried to pitch this to, to place and mm-hmm. 
edit this out. Oh, well. And I, I was told that they have other directions. I'm going to go live too. If y'all are ready, I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, ready. I will do. Live on Facebook. Give me just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Drew Lee and Jesse Button. Her, her intro is way better. I'm just saying. Hi, gosh. I'm not a voice model. She has such a great She's voice. She's a voice model. You guys, I've done three projects so far. Three, three voice projects. projects. I'll tell oh, you. Okay. I'll tell you all about you have, it. You have your your voice intro. Uh, welcome to the podcast. It's very fun. Yes, it's it's so it's. Thank you. With utmost respect, Lucas, you got a great voice. You're no, just, I don't. You know, neither one of us are 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 that level of a Jesse. We're, we could we could have aspirations to be Jesse's level, but it could be dreams. We can have dreams. It says it says we're live, but we're not quite live yet. I don't think. Okay. And now we are. We're live. Now we're live. The, the <laughs> sailor Julie is going to have to clean it up. Now we're live. <laughs> now this is a private group. I can say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I was um, I was going to ask you both some questions. I've noticed some big business moves and brokerage moves over the last couple of weeks. And so my mind starts turning about talent and retention and, and all those sorts of things. And then Drew, you sent us a text this morning. Um, and so I, and I thought it was a great segue into that. So um, tell me, tell me what you wanted to talk about, please. Because Drew, you made a big statement and I don't know if I totally agree with it. So we may get a little feisty on this, this leader verse. But it was a big statement because, there, and honestly, I think there's a lot of truth to it. So, and I'm sure it's coming from a place of you're discovering this in coaching. It's, I wouldn't say discovering necessarily. I think it's highlighting uh, this point. And, and the statement I said was, uh, is retention or how retention is a failed measurement of leadership. So if you're in a leadership role position, you own a company, you own a business, and retention is on the forefront, or worse, one of the only measurement systems you have, then you're inevitably going to fail. So if I were going to write a book on the topic, I would say how retention is the failed measurement system of leadership, no different than how the scale is a failed measurement system of your health. It's an indicator, but it's not the measurement. Yeah, it's an indicator. I would agree with it. it's an indicator because it just depends on the mission and vision of a company. Because I know of, and this was my kind of pushback to you this morning as we texted, some companies have an intention of we want people to come for two or three years and launch them out to do whatever they outgrow. If you're not, um, if you're not massively entrepreneurial and you are, you've got an organization that where people could be intrapreneurial, where they could build a big kingdom inside your kingdom. If your opportunity is a sixty thousand dollar a year job, and somebody has aspirations that okay, sixty is okay now. At some point, I'd like to have one hundred and twenty, and you're not creating one hundred and twenty, then they have to leave. Uh -huh. Their needs aren't getting met. Their 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 needs are going to get met somewhere else. And as a leader, you have to be okay with that. You're you're gonna you're gonna have some churn. You're gonna take top talent. They're gonna use you for a season, and then they're gonna leave. Uh -huh. But I think but when I does retention really stop? When does retention stop? Yeah. When do we stop measuring it? When someone's there oh, five years, always, ten years? No, I agree with you. I think we twenty always, years. I think we always measure it. We have to. 
because retention is a measurement of a relationship. Well, what we kind of just talked about before, I, I've said recruiting is R plus V equals G, re, re, relationships plus value equals growth. Retention is R plus V equals G, Reten, relationship plus value equals retention. And so it's like either I'm relationally out of sync with somebody or my value proposition is not meeting their needs, right? Their needs are getting met, met somewhere else. So I think we're always measuring. And then we have a thing, if, if Drew was in my world and says, no, I'm going to go join Jesse's world, I either have to, up my, I have to examine, did our relationship go bad? Was his needs not getting met by our value? And then I have a decision. Do I need to increase my value? Do I need to increase my relationship? Or do I need to let Drew go work with Jesse? Mm-hmm. Which would be a lot more fun anyway. I, well, first, I was going to call Drew a smart man for that decision. <laughs> but, but, you, but you said it, Lucas, the, the word growth. Like, I think, why do people leave? So when people used to leave my brokerage, I would, not, step one is cry in fetal position in the corner for a couple of days. I hated it. I hated that experience. I feel for all leaders who lose people. I hate that. Mm-hmm. One. Uh, two is, but I have to ask myself, why did they leave? Why did they leave? And a hundred percent of the time for me, it was this, they weren't growing. Mm-hmm. They weren't growing in the area that they wanted to be growing. Some people, it was financially, some people, it was personally, shoot, some people wanted to grow spiritually. So they left a brokerage and they thought that that was the right decision for them. So that it, it happened to, it always happened to be because they weren't growing. Mm-hmm. Let's well, see. And, and it's like when, as a leader in business, any kind of businesses, do you also know your own businesses? not only attrition rate, but also retention rate. We focus heavily on retention and and yet attrition is a really big issue in all industry of people no longer staying in the industry. And specifically in the only, outs, real estate has one of the lowest uh, retention slash or highest attrition rates in any business. The only the one higher that I'm aware of is the insurance business or financial planning, you know, the re, the attrition in financial planning and the insurance business is about 94% over mm-hmm. a five-year period, roughly 6% of the individuals that get their insurance license and or test for any of the series and become, call it a financial planner, only about 6% are still around in five years. Real estate is double that, and it has about an 87% attrition rate or people that don't stick. So when you when you know those numbers and say, okay, inherently, we have a very high attrition, meaning people get completely out of our industry and go on to do something else with their life. And maybe they come back in at periods in time, they reactivate their license, and maybe they get back out. You got to look at that and say, okay, I can't have this as the only projection of my worth or value or even relationships. Because you'll always lose. Mm-hmm. And I look at retention more as, it's a, it seems to be a win-loss game of very polar opposites. They either stay or they leave. And if they leave, I'm in a fetal position underneath my desk. And if they stay, I'm, I'm happy until tomorrow or the next day or a week from now or a month from now. And I look at it as, well, you know what? Every college program in the country expects their students to graduate. They know they're going to. In the 1920s, through the Industrial Revolution, all the way really to the 60s, 70s, and you could say the 80s, 
most companies gave out a gold watch. They expected to hire you. They expected to keep you. They expected you to build a career. If you look at sports at the time, an athlete would be drafted out of college and they would spend their entire career in the same place. That's not today's modern industry any more than it's today's sports. Mm-hmm. And if well, we you- continue to have this, you either stay with me forever or... I have to question, constantly question my value or relationships, you're probably going to lose and you're going to burn yourself out as a leader. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the sports team analogy, sports teams are great based upon their capacity to recruit and retain talent. If I can't, re- if I can recruit and I'm yes. a good salesperson and I can talk you into it, yes, join and my value is not there or it's not what you thought it was going to be. There's an unmet expectations. Your needs are going unmet at some point. And I think a lot of times like real estate, insurance, financial planning, those industries you just le- uh, just listed, I think people enter it because they have an expectation it's going to look like A, B, and C, and it looks like X, Y, and Z. And I, I, I think it's a like a mismatch of expectations. It's easy to sell insurance. It's easy to sell real estate. I just love houses, right? And, and when you get into real estate, you realize you don't sell houses at all. Houses sell houses. You sell your services. And well, the common denominator is their sales. And we underestimate the skill and the value that comes with actually being able to sell. Or well, it's a nuanced sale too, days. Drew. It's yeah. a nuanced sale because I could go to if I go down to the Verizon store to sell phones. Verizon's doing the heavy lifting with their marketing and their products, yes. and they're getting people. They're driving. I don't have to drive people to the store. Yeah. I sold cars for a while. I didn't have to drive people to the car lot, right? And I hated every second of it. So that's a specific type of sale in real estate, industry, uh, insurance, financial services. We don't have a lot of driven to us business. I, in fact, running, I own four real estate offices. I can't think of too many times where somebody said, Hey, um, call one of my offices and I'd like to buy a couple of houses. Do you have anybody running around there that could help me? Mm-hmm. So a- agents have to understand and, and entrepreneurs have to understand, especially like if you invent something new, I watched uh, the movie the other day and I, I live my life by movie and all my philosophy comes from movies. And so um, I watched the movie about George Foreman the other day. And, uh, and it, it, was, it was fascinating. I mean, I, I love Big George when he was fighting. He's just he's a comical character to me. But think about it is he liked to grill and he makes a statement in the movie. He says and they said, hey, by the way, that little grill invention you're doing is doing really nice with the royalties that are spinning off of it. And he sold that company, I think, for one hundred and thirty seven million dollars. <laughs> and so think about this. He, and he makes a statement, says, leave it to a middle aged, big old fat guy to sell a, an invention to help people stay lean. And, but you think about that is like he had to educate people on what his invention was. People weren't just calling him up, says, I need this grill for my kitchen that could drain off the fat off of my. So if we're going to be an entrepreneurial or real estate, we aren't selling the product. We have, we're selling education. We're selling a service. We're selling an idea. In fact, before the iPhone was put out, did we know we needed an iPhone? You know, no. Nope. We, we didn't. They had to educate us of, oh, it's a phone. It's a camera. It's a GPS. It's an internet browser. All it's a, it's a music yeah. player. It's all in one place. Wow. That's really kind of cool. Steve Jobs had to educate us on that. Now take your phone away for, you know, oh, five minutes because the battery dies and you got to wait till it recharges or you hit the password incorrectly and it won't let you log in for a minute. And it's like, our life is over. 
Yeah, I, I had to leave my iPhone the last time I bought a new one. I had to leave oh. my phone at the Verizon store for 45 minutes. I thought I literally had anxiety. Now, that's a problem. I, I need to get some help. But it was like, <laughs> oh, what am I going to do? How do I waste time without my phone? Mm. How do I wait on my phone to be done without my phone? Because if I'm waiting on something, I'm scrolling. <laughs> how do I? How do I just stand there and be a person? Like remember, no! those people stand there and be people. It was weird. No, I think this is such a this is a huge point about real estate, and uh, I learned today insurance too. Understanding what type of sales you're getting into, because yes. if not, Drew, I think you said 87% it was for real estate agents aren't around. 13% yeah, of real estate agents are still in business for five consecutive years after initially getting their license. And so, only 6% of those in insurance. And you can see why people like the idea of owning a home. They like the idea of having a lake property or a beach property or, or a vacation or an investment. They like the concept of, you know, I want to pay off my parents' house. There, there, I mean, there's an entire network dedicated to real estate improvements and flips and buys and, you know, in tropical destinations on, you know, HGTV and, and but when was the last time you saw or heard anything sexy about insurance? Nobody wants to think about insurance, right? Yeah. It's not something that's like, oh, you know, I'm so glad we got that life insurance set up for my kids. Now I just got to wait and they're going to get it, right? Because we know what has to happen for them to get the life insurance policy that no one wants to think about. So yeah. it's not, it's not necessarily a desired sale that people go out and say, yeah, I cannot wait. Ooh, we're set. We got that trust. Let's do a shimmy. That's Doesn't what work makes, that way. That's what makes the, uh, the all state, uh, flow with progressive, the mayhem guy with all state. That's what makes these marketing departments so genius because yeah. they are set. They're some of the funniest commercials in the world yes. and they're selling the most boring thing in the world. Yeah, they're selling the one thing that no one really wants to think about, contemplate, yet we know we all need in the event that something unfortunate would happen. So the, the, going back to the original concept is like, if you're a leader in any business, especially that has a high attrition, then the, that basis or value can't be all or solely on retention because you'll lose, mm -hmm. you know, people most likely in today's modern industry, you've almost got to have an, a philosophy of everyone's going to leave me while I want right. to keep them. Everyone's going to leave me. And, and I look at a, a college program, let's just say a college sports program. Just imagine if you were a leader and you took more of that tone where, mm -hmm. look, I bring them in, I build a relationship with them. I bring them in as a freshman. Maybe I redshirt them. All right. All right. So, so now they're technically a freshman year or two. I've had them on my second year. And then they play as a sophomore, they play as a junior, they play as a senior. I've now had them four, maybe I get them five years in, in incredibly rare occasions due to an injury, you can get a player for six. That's the extremely rare occasion where you have a player in your university play for six years. Most likely best case scenario is five. And in today's modern sports, if they're a phenomenal athlete, you're going to start them in their freshman year and you're pro probably going to lose them in their junior to the NFL or to MBL or, or you know, major, major uh, league baseball or, or the NBA. That being said, I got three years with this person. If we won national championships, if we won games, if we improved our performance, if we improved our record, if we became a more desirable place to be, was that a failure when they left? 
you know, in the NFL, Emmett Smith was, is the all time leading rusher who won three Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys, but he didn't finish his career there. He finished his career with the Arizona Cardinals after they no longer could come to a contractual agreement. And Dallas had said, you know, look, value wise, we don't see it there. So he moved on to another place to finish his career. Okay. Did him now going to Arizona and finishing career there, was that a failure for Dallas? I don't think Jerry Jones and the three Super Bowl rings that he still covets says, oh, yep, we should never have got that Emmett guy. He didn't stay with us till the bitter end. He left us. <laughs> and the Cowboys haven't been the, sin- the same since Emmett left. So. <laughs> Good job, Emmett. Uh, I, I can't resist. I've got too many Cowboy friends, uh, co- Cowboy fan friends. Yes, so. I, I have a message to Cowboys fans. You know, sorry. it's interesting. You I'm say sorry. That. It was 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. There are, there are babies that have babies that may have babies that, since the last time they won a Super Bowl. I'm sorry to say. I, I just know running real estate companies and I I've, I've heard some leaders kind of really tackle this idea. And I think it's just foolish to, to tackle it. We, we plan on about 30% leaving on a given year. Yes. And that's because we do it really, we feel like we do it really, really well that we only lose 30%. I've heard somebody say, well, we, we're going to bring in 10 and keep nine. I'm like, dude, you're out of touch with the industry. That The tide water is that within yeah. two years, 90% of people leave after getting licensed. So our industry, and it's beca- and I think it's because people come to the industry thinking it's a specific type of sale and they don't realize that they have to confront call reluctance. They have to confront building a database, building relationships, getting the name out. And ba- I mean, there's a lot of complexities. Mm-hmm. I don't think nine, bringing in 10 and keeping nine is in, in the real estate space. I don't think it's even close to remotely possible because I can manage what I do. I can't manage your expectation coming into the industry. I'm going to guess, Drew, you're actually in an in a industry too, coaching industry, because everybody yeah. thinks they're amazing coaches until they have to coach and they've outset, they've done all their seminars, they've done all their sugar sticks. And now, what do you do? It's like, oh my gosh, this is awful, right? It's It looks easy because you probably had a professional coach that made it look easy. Everything's yeah. easy when you don't have to do it. I remember when I was an agent in a Keller Williams office, man, recruiting was a breeze. I had no call reluctance. I think I had recruited 15, 20 people without, you know, just, just naturally talking about a company I was excited about. And then I got the job of growing an office and it was like, holy crud, I don't want to pick up the phone now. We had the same experience apparently. Yeah, except I, I just, I just endured the abuse for seven years. You, you, you got smart, oh. became a coach. <laughs> but you, 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 you bring up a valid point, though. It's you know you've got to have a, an approach of where you're going, a realistic approach of where you're going, and then you have to out recruit not only your attrition, which is natural, you have to out recruit your retention. Um, and, and the caveat is, and this is something I tell those that I coach that are in a, that are working to grow their company. I'm just like, hey, give me the size of your roster. And if they say, well, my, my roster, my people, my organization has a total of 10 people. I say, great. So what does growth look like? And usually I'll get this really big number. Well, it's, it's, it's 30. I want to get to here. By the end of next year, I want to be here. Okay, great. Whatever the number is. I'll simplify. If you have 10 people in your organization, here's your homework. Get to 11 before you end up at nine. However, you end up at nine. Nice. But if you want to grow, you have to get to 11 faster than you end up at nine. 
And if you get to 11 and you end up back at 10 because you need to let someone go, they're not the right fit, or they choose to leave for whatever reason, okay, you're where you started. But if you ever wonder, hey, I've hit a plateau and I've done this for years. I've hit a plateau. I'm doing the same thing year after year after year. Okay, let's look at your company. Are you aware your company size? You've had four people. Four people. Names and faces may change. Four people. Well, we're not growing. Yes. And you have four people. If three, four, five years come down the road and you see the organization looks the same, I will promise you, you'll have ebbs and flows, good months, bad months, good years, bad years in comparison, but you're going to see a very median kill for what four people are able to bring, able to produce, able to grow. You want to grow, get to five. You want to grow faster, get to 10. I think it too, like in, in real estate space, probably insurance space, they, you know, people who say my business is 80, 90% with my sphere. And here's the challenge with it is your sphere is not that loyal to you. And, and, and especially like when an agent says like, you know, I, I, I have to work with the buyer. They'll only work with me. They won't work with somebody else on my team. Well, don't call them back for 90 days. Yeah. They will find somebody to work with, right? They're, people are not that loyal to our goals, even though we want to believe that. So therefore, if we're not growing, we have to be dying because our sphere and our current relationships, life changes, something happens, somebody's value proposition sizzles a little bit more than you. They're not going to be undyingly loyal to your organization, to your doing business exclusively with you. And so we have to be growing because I love that, that if your organization's 10, get to 11 before you get to nine. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what, I, what I often see is if it's not a retention challenge, then it's a... I might need to let this person go. It's mm -hmm. it's it, that that lowest performer becomes the target or the focal yeah. point. And while I think many people, and you can see it on my bookshelf behind me, I think many people think they understand the idea of top grading, but they don't actually understand the application right. of top grading. Right. See, top grading means. means if I have 10 people. My bottom 20% are going to be two. And I like to use this as a, as a kind of a metaphor. If you took the 1990s original dream team, the one with Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, the original probably greatest team ever assembled, there was still a bottom 20%. That That's bottom 20% right. was better than the rest of the NBA. That's right. And there was still a bottom 20%. Yeah, nobody remembers the name Chris Mullen on that team. <laughs> right. I mean, he was he was one of the all-time greats, but seriously, nobody remembers the name. And no disrespect to Chris Mullen. It's just Chris Mullen was with Michael Jordan. You remember Michael Jordan, not Chris Mullen. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And you take that team and you say, okay, what would the bottom 20%? Who was the bottom 20%? Top grading means you go find someone and you bring them into the organization to replace that person. And only then... Do you reevaluate and say, are they still in the bottom 20%? And then you would choose to let them go if that's the case. What most leaders do, however, if they have a roster of 10 people, they let their bottom two go. And then they work on going to find replacements for them, however. Well, if you let your bottom 20% go, guess what happens? You, you have, have a new bottom 20%. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Instead of 10 people, and now the bottom two are, are, are you know, your 20%, now you have eight people. 
So you have one and a half or two people now that are also at the bottom. You're going to do, let them go. Now we're at six people. Now you have a bottom 20%. That's one person. You're going to let them go. Now you have five people. All under the idea of top grading. The top grading is I have 10 and I go build it to 12 and then reevaluate the roster and I let the two lowest go. So you're always building the top best available talent. And available means they would take the role and they would take it at the compensation that you're offering. Even if you were hiring a janitor simply to clean the floors and take out the trash, there is the best available talent out there. The question is, are we finding that person? And organizations get a lot better when the talent right talent level rises. It just does. And team winning teams have more fun than losing teams. Yes. Cultural issues go. Uh, we've talked about culture on this this podcast. Cultural issues tend to start becoming better when you start winning than when you're losing. You have to fight for culture when you're losing. Culture is a lot easier to maintain when you're winning, and it's not not all universally true. However, it's like if I have winners on my team, it usually produces a winning team if they work together as they work together. I think the dream team probably struggled the most with how do we work together? In fact, the the, the next, what was it? The next dream team or two, two or three ones after that, they actually got beat. Yes. And and so they had to bring in somebody that says, listen, we've got to work together. And they got coach K they got Kobe and, and what have you to, to kind of repair the the nightmare that, that had been put up the time before, because you have a bunch of people who are top performers who don't want to work together. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yes. And I like to add, if you want to go further, faster, go with the right others. Yeah, there you go. I like that. And leaders, let me, let me encourage you. The first, uh, the first thing that happens when you start adding great talent or thinking about adding great talent to your teams, your top people will complain and they'll get threatened. Your middle people will complain and they'll feel threatened. And for the culture of your organization, new blood is always a good thing. It's always a positive thing. It's always an energy boost. Um, It's always an interesting thing, even if there are complainers at first, but you can't have growth without addition. And it's always a positive thing, adding more people. Now, when people join, it creates confidence. When people leave, it creates questions. You know, well, if, if if you see people getting on, let's just say we're on a we're on a certain ship called the the Titanic, right? You see people making their way to get on a lifeboat. You you you, you sh- hey, should I get on that too? It's the same as at a company. When people see those that they like, they have relationships with their friends, those that they respect, anyone truly. If they see someone leave, it's why'd they leave? That's the first question that goes through my mind. Why'd they leave? Mm-hmm. What's the next question? Should I? Should I? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know this as a, as a team leader, my life, there was a certain brokerage that I had met with a lot of their top people and they're, they're checking us out and we're in conversations to recruit. And I don't know, I'm thinking about it. And he talked to my spouse about it and what have you. Well, we fast forward, we recruited the number four or five agent in all the, the Kansas City general area that was with that brokerage. Guess what happens? All the people we had been talking with joined within the next couple of months because he gave them reason. Oh, we need to come to this brokerage. They offer more value. They offer whatever, you know, whatever the reasons were. And so the best retention strategy is to grow. 100%. With talent. Yes. You get a Michael Jordan on your team, then it validates your team. You get a top performer on your team, it validates your team. Right now, I'm, I'm growing sales teams right now, and 
And I find it fascinating that when I recruit a lot of newer agents and no disrespect to new agents, we were all new agents at one time. When I recruit mm-hmm. that, that doesn't create a buzz. I'm about ready to release uh, information of a team that's joining my team that uh, actually had more unit sales than my original team. <laughs> and what's going to happen is if we had to have a conversation yesterday, what's going to happen is their phone's going to blow up. Why did you join Lucas? Why did you join this team? Why did you do this? Right. Yes. And other than my amazingly dashingly good looks, she has to have a reason for that. And it's going to create a lot of energy and buzz. And we're, we're, we're deciding to be the kind of little standoffish right now mm-hmm. with the buzz. We're just a little standoffish because I have, you know, you join because I have standards. I found somebody that wants to live a really, really big life. Not all real estate teams want to, their people to live a really, really big life. And Lucas does, well, I want to live a big life and we're going to just be a little standoffish on purpose. Mm-hmm. I like it. Top talent attracts talent. Low, by the way, low talent repels top talent. Yes. A, a players don't want to play with B players. <laughs> there, there's, I don't know about you, Drew. Well, I, and I that's the, and that's the other caveat on, on those. If you're, I, I would say um, someone just heard that and they said, yes. So where's the, the, there, where's the, Hey, a players don't want to play with B and C players. So how do I grow and top grade and increase the strength of my organization? If I've got that player on there, because th- to me, it's like, well, no, then I've got to, I've got to let that player go because they want want to play with them. Great, then go grow. Yeah, go give yourself permission to get to twelve, so you can allow those bottom two to go, and you've just increased the overall strength of the team, and you've raised the raised the bar, the the per per person product production, whatever measurements or KPIs or key performance indicators you pay attention to, you've just raised the bar. Key is you have to grow. And the best thing that creates pressure on those to continue to be a players is having rookies come in with a rookie mindset that they're going to take your spot. You know, every economic cycle creates its next generation of superstar in any industry, in any area. It happens in technology. It happens in sales. It happens in, in pretty much every corporation. You see economic change, downturns, You'll see the next evolution of whether it be airlines, technology, video, real estate, business, say doesn't matter. No. I think it's evidence too, Drew. And you have been, uh, Jesse, you too. You've been a part of a lot of masterminds. And like me, I've been a part of a lot of masterminds and have led a lot of masterminds. And I would absolutely hate, I mean, abhor and think it's a colossal waste of time, the masterminds with with people who weren't thinking at the level I was thinking. And I remember leading them like, Oh my gosh, this is just terrible. We want to talk about such low level topics. Then if you get in a mastermind with big thinkers and big achievers, Oh my gosh, you walk out of those and the collection of those minds together Mm -hmm. creates energy. You can run through walls. And so it's like that if we can create that as we create that for our organizations, the company, that energy becomes contagious. It becomes a retention tool that that energy amongst us becomes better we're better together than than separate mm-hmm. i like it i like it I, i'll uh, i'll end us on that i think it's great i think it's perfect timing awesome it's always so nice to see the both of you too thank you for this drew and i had a you as well both of black. you we're, we're supposed to wear the same color today jesse we forgot to include you on the dress code 
Well, uh, it's no, thank you for not. I'm still semi-retired. She, she <laughs> looks better than both of us combined. Oh, that's, that's doesn't it. matter what we wear, you know. You <laughs> <laughs> About to go catch a flight. Y'all have a great week. Rest your week. Both of you as well. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.